Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sometimes needing new tires can catch us by surprise. That's why tire power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tirepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. The 106th running of the Indianapolis 500 saw Kiwi Scott Dixon starting in pole position, but it did not, unfortunately, end that way for him. A penalty on the 175th lap put an end to his chances of winning the great race for the second time in his illustrious IndyCar career. Uh, In the end, 200 laps after it began, well, sort of 200 laps anyway, of motor racing, it was Sweden's Marcus Eriksson to the, to the fore. Uh, he was the one that uh, got over the brick yard uh, in first position and was able to chug the milk as part of the ceremony uh, at the end of it. Uh, joining us now from Indiana is uh, Kiwi motorsport expert David Turner on the spot. David, uh, welcome on in. Was it the greatest spectacle in racing? Hey, you're still there. I'm not sure if you can hear us at all. Yeah, we got you, David, loud and clear. I can hear you. Uh, there's no problem about that. You're, you're lucky enough to be there. Uh, they said before it's the greatest spectacle in racing. Did, did you find it that way this time around? Honestly, yeah, and if I was really, really honest, I thought that the race itself was not one of the better races. It was kind of a little bit uh, processional. Uh, still a great race, don't get me wrong. Absolutely great race. Um, but yeah, it just it was one of those ones that kind of seemed to just go through the motions, and and really it wasn't until that last quarter of the race when things really started to happen that we saw it, you know, develop into ultimately how it played itself out. Let's look at um, first of all the atmosphere. The fans were back this year. They looked like they were into it uh, from the television pictures anyway. Yeah, look, um, the, the fan. Uh, coverage I guess or you know attendance over the past week and a half here has been phenomenal um the other day for a carb day was one of the bigger crowds probably over a hundred thousand and today there was an excess of 350,000 for race day I don't think it was a complete sellout which we had in uh, the 100th running of the race where it was a completely total sellout but I do know that most of the parking areas around the surrounding the track were completely sold two days ago so uh, there was certainly plenty of people here. I would assume that it was somewhere close to the 400,000 mark in total. Scott Dixon had pole alongside his teammate uh, Alex Pilar. What, what did you make of the, the tactics of the Chip Kanashi duo early in the race? I, I thought it was smart. I wondered how they were going to cope with it. And, and certainly when you run out front, you use a lot more fuel he had a bit of a strategy of sharing the, the fuel-saving mode. Dixon renounced for saving fuel anyway, and, and you needed to do those things. I thought VK played a very smart race by sitting in third for quite a long time because he was just stepping up, uh, getting towed along by those guys. The effect of the tow on a car, you can feel from one end of the straight to the other. So it's a bit like when you're on the highway and you come up behind you know, one of those trucks and stuff like that. It will pull you in, and that's the effect that these cars are getting around here. So when, you, when you're out front, you're cutting a big hole for everyone else, and the price you pay is fuel. So, yeah, they were very smart early on, and even 
you know, uh, Tony Kinahan and ultimately Marcus Erickson played very, very smart. Uh, and the McLaren duo did as well. David, uh, I, I, I look at the, the race and I, I watched a lot of it. Uh, Scott Dixon uh, in front for, and it looked to be quite comfortably for long periods of the race until lap 175 when he was penalised uh, for speeding in pit lane. What what exactly happened there? Who's who's completely at fault here? Driver only? The majority of it is going to go towards driver for sure because they have a pit lane speed limiter that they activate in the car uh, to stop that. And uh, he got on the button a bit late and, you know, crossed the line and it's it's a digital thing. So you're, there's no grey area. It's a yes or no. And it was clearly a no. So... Um, yeah, it's, it was not a good way for Dixon to finish that race at all. He had been very dominant and it led 95 laps of the race. He is now the all-time lap leader of laps around this place in history. Uh, he passed the records of, of some great names today. Um, you know, he set the fastest qualifying time a week ago in history. Uh, he's a six-time champion, but he's still only a one-time winner of the 500. So where does he rate now uh, in terms of IndyCar drivers as such? I mean, is this one, uh, is this Brickyard Classic, is this, is this the yardstick to, to greatness? Um, look, I, I think it's parallel with championships at the end of the day. It's a bit like in our part of the woods, how you rate Bathurst or the whole touring car season in Australia. Very similar sorts of things. Everyone remembers a Bathurst winner, but sometimes they don't remember a championship winner. Um, for Dixon, yeah, a second Indy 500 would have really put some serious ink in the record books, but he's got serious ink there by the number of records that he has broken, and one can never take those away. And the laps led one, it will be a very long time before someone surpasses that as well. So, it, it, you know, if it was to all end tomorrow, then he goes away in history as one of the all-time greats of IndyCar, and he's still got more to come. There's definitely more to come. Uh, David, we uh, also saw the side of uh, Scott McLaughlin crashing up against the wall. Uh, so uh, they brought out the, cautious fl- the caution flag at that time. Yep. Walked away, he says, with just a bruised ego. Lucky man. <laughs> yeah, well, eventually it has to happen when you run around an oval. You're going to find... Uh you're going to find the big white wall that goes around the outside edge of it. Look, I thought McLaughlin's performance was outstanding. You know, he was by far the best Penske car on track up until that point. Uh, he, he'd gone from, you know, 26th starting position up to 10th in the race, and he was doing it very comfortably. Uh, so it, it was great. You know, I, I can't sing his praises enough either. It, and only a second start in the 500. Really, really good. He he was just amazed this morning. We we spent some time with him and his mum and dad and his sister and his wife all out on the grid beforehand. I talked to his dad for a while. Um, and, you know, this kid has got a big future in front of him as well. Um, and to be a driver in the Penske squad is something very, very special. So you, you were actually out on the grid yourself. Yeah, it's, uh, there's lots of things called tradition smithy in India, and one of the traditions that we have in our household, me and my wife, is uh, we're lucky enough through IndyCar to be out on the grid uh, before the race. So we were actually with the McLaughlins. We, we had to choose which end of the grid we were going to go to, and uh, that was the closest to where we needed to get off the track from. So we were down by the McLaughlins for a while, and uh, you know my wife Lynn was there with me, and uh, we talked to, to Wayne and... Uh, 
and then we were there for the the jet flyover, and that was kind of when we left the grid. But it's it, it's just absolutely mind blowing when you look around and you see all the people. You can't help but get emotional. And I've talked to drivers so often about what goes through their head when they're sitting in the car and they see all those people, and mm. it's it, it it just drains you of emotion like you wouldn't even expect it to. I would imagine if you went from cockpit to cockpit, you'd find a lot of emotions and a lot of different emotions going through from the experienced drivers who have been there, done that, know the surroundings, know the atmosphere, to the new boys on the block uh, who are either rookies or having their seven, uh, second season at it, like Scott McLaughlin. But it must be a, just an amazing thing to know in front of, what, 300,000 people, you're going to be racing at those breakneck speeds uh, and you don't quite know what's going to unfold. Well, no, you don't. One of the biggest things that comes into play, which you know people who have watched it on television might be able to relate to, is the fact that the last week and a half we've been here for practice and qualifying. And other than the qualifying days, the practice days have been fairly light in terms of attendance. So it's, it's an area of just grey, empty grandstands. So from the driver's point of view, everything is grey. And then come today, especially, the turn into turn one becomes this coloured wall of all these people in all these different coloured clothing. And it, it, I've talked to drivers for many, many years about this, and they say you have to make sure that that doesn't distract you from where your eyeline is supposed to be because you're so used to it being grey, and then all of a sudden it's just a sea of colour. But the actual, you know, your eyeline is completely different, but it can become a major distraction. Well, Chip Ganassi did get to uh, stand on, alongside his. A uh, motor racing car and go up on the famed lift and celebrate and drink some milk as well. But it wasn't <laughs> perhaps with his the driver, perhaps the driver he thought it was going to be. It was Marcus Ericsson, which was a bit of a surprise for a lot of people. Uh, tell us a wee bit about the, the new Indy winner. Well, Ericsson came from Formula One. He, he drove for Alpha for quite a long time in Formula One and came over a few years ago to IndyCar. Um, Swedish pedigree always was highly rated. Uh, and you know, I think the thing this, this year, more than we've seen in the past, it was five Ganassi cars. They were all actually capable of winning. They all qualified inside the top 12, which is more than any other team was able to achieve, especially the powerhouse teams like Penske and Andretti. Um, and Ericsson just delivered a good job. He drove a very smart race. Um, the thing inside Ganassi that you've got to remember is all five cars raced to their own plan. They, they race as a team for sure, but they race to their own plan, their own strategy. And uh, that unfolds accordingly. And I spoke with Tony Pinan two days ago, and I said, look, if it comes down to the last five laps and it's a battle between you and Scott Dixon, what happens there? And he goes, we're on our, lo- we're on our own so long as we don't take each other out. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, and just uh, before we let you go, they're, they're back into it very quickly. Detroit this weekend, is that true? Yeah, they get, so uh, Detroit is, uh, well, the practice of Detroit on Friday. Uh, and then race on Saturday up there. Last time on the street course at Belle Isle, and then the circuit will move to downtown Detroit from next year onwards. It's a Roger Penske-promoted thing. Belle Isle is a beautiful uh, circuit set on a waterway between Canada and the US, actually, so one part of the circuit is almost technically speaking in Canada. Um, Yeah, it's an interesting circuit. It's very bumpy, very, very bumpy, very unforgiving. Um, Yeah, the teams, they turn around, they're out of here tonight. They'll all be out of here and probably two to three hours from now, uh, and they begin the trek to uh, Detroit on Wednesday. David Turner, absolute pleasure catching up with you, sir, uh, and uh, jealous 
jealous that you're on the spot, particularly on the grid as well. I'd, I'd just love to be there. Um, thank you so much for your update on uh, the Indianapolis 500. 106 running over this morning, won by Marcus Erickson. Travel safe. Uh, thank you very much. Now, you're very welcome, Smithy, to chat with you again. It's been a long time. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.